Welcome back to another Kinda Funny Reactions. This time to Lynn, Manuel, Miranda, and John Choose in the Heights. You can watch it in theaters or on HBO Max. This is our review. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Blessing Adeoya Jr. What's up, Tim? Joey Noel. Hello. And Barrett Courtney. 96,000. Yeah, <laughs> everybody uh this is kind of funny reactions where we review the latest tv and movie releases you can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny you can get it as a podcast on your favorite podcast service just search for kind of funny reactions you can also get the show ad free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny but let's get right into it this is one of the biggest movie releases of the year thus far. Uh, it was supposed to come out last year, but the whole pandemic happened. Things got delayed, which led to this being one of Warner Brothers releases that then also made it to HBO Max. Uh, just going around the table here. Who? The virtual table. The digital table. Who watched it in theaters and who watched it at home? I guess I kind of did both, but... <laughs> because <laughs> i'm me but no i watched it at home on hbo max blessing what about you i watched it in theater and uh dolby vision Ooh, dolby yeah. atmos one of the nicest Damn. theaters in the world that's so nice it's so mm. nice. Love premium it. experience it. Yeah. Uh, i watched Going it at home. home just on that little tv back there it's not a little nothing little not about little, that but yeah compared to the grandeur of the theater and Barrett Courtney. I uh, watched it on the TV behind me, uh, the 4K OLED uh, LG CX uh, TV that Tim uh, gets a commission on every time uh, it one is I sold. Wish. <laughs> um, and one of the, the one of the things I'll just shout out is that you know, like uh, HBO Max likes to advertise with these uh, movie releases for these year uh, for this year. Is that like when they come out, like Wonder Woman in this movie, like the, they'll be 4K UHD, even though nothing else on this app is uh, is 4K. Um, it, we definitely did not watch this movie in 4K. I'll say that yeah. <laughs> like right off the bat, that was uh, yeah. I don't know if like maybe we watched it a little too soon, even though it was the middle of the day. Uh, I, I think like yesterday or maybe two days ago. Um, but yeah, there's just something about like the, their their streaming app quality uh, was a little disappointing for a movie that is so beautiful. And even like with the low quality that we were watching it in, like I could tell just like, damn, this is a pretty movie. So uh, just I just wanted to get that one piece of negativity out of the way uh, because there's going to be a lot of positivity going going forward in this video, Timmy. There we go. There we go. Let's start off with one blessing out of Yoye Jr. What do you think about this movie? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I I absolutely adored Hamilton. Um, I watched Hamilton for the first time when it came out on Disney Plus back in July. Uh, and since then, I've listened to it nonstop and watched it over nonstop. And I've fallen in love with uh, a lot of what Lin-Manuel Miranda brings to the table. And knowing that this movie is not only... Uh, not like not only uh, it being in the Heights, which is from uh, Lin, Mal Lin Manuel Miranda, but it being directed by John M. Chu, that had me doubly hyped for this movie because I'm also a big fan of John M. Chu. He's done uh, uh, quite a few of the Step Up movies, and he has a good eye for uh, visual direction when it comes to choreography and how to frame stuff. And God, like both their visions shine through so well in this movie. It is absolutely insane. Um, but to give an overall view, right, for me, I, I, I really enjoyed it. The music was awesome. The cinematography was awesome. Uh, the movie is basically rent um mixed with I guess rent plus Hamilton would be the pitch, but placed in Washington Heights. And for that as a premise, worked out supremely well. It was really good. Going to well. 
I'm with Blessing. I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, John M. Chu is one of those people that, especially after Crazy Rich Asians, is on my radar in a way where, like, I'm pretty much all in for anything that he's attached to. He's going to be directing the upcoming Wicked musical um, that's coming out at some point. That's exciting. Yeah. So he's got some really cool uh, stuff under his belt. We, of course, we can't go this uh, review without mentioning that he also directed the amazing Rest in Peace Virgin uh, Safety video that I, I thought you were going to say time. Justin Bieber's Never Say Never because he also oh, did no. that as well. He also did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but the safety dance video, which is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I. So with musicals, it's really hard for me to get into a musical just based on the music itself. I usually have to see um, the performance of it in some form. Uh, So I'd been familiar with this music. I'd listened to it a couple of times, but it hadn't really grabbed me. But seeing it, how they wove it into this story and like what the pieces that are missing from just the musical numbers, I really, really enjoyed. I thought there were some really great, like, I I don't know. I thought all the performances were so good. Anthony Ramos, obviously, coming from Hamilton uh, history. And I, there was just like a really fun collection of people that I feel like. And Godzilla, king of the monsters. <laughs> of course. And who's also going to be uh, in the new G.I. Joe Transformers movie. That's what it is. So we have mm-hmm. that to look forward mm-hmm. to for another interview. Um, I think. Yeah, John M. Chu, the way that he was able to... I would be so interested to now see the musical on Broadway or some sort of stage performance because I feel like so many of these like big numbers are big set pieces and I would just be really interested in knowing what those look like in stage form because it seems kind of impossible to think about it without the impact of just what you can do on screen versus on stage. Like being in a pool, for example, for 96,000 or, you know, walking sideways on a wall for... uh, I forget the name of the number, but (laughs) yeah, they have really good moments like that. What are what's the source material for those? Um, so I'm interested in it would be interesting to go back and look at those. But yeah, I think I not all of the storylines really hit for me. I think there were kind of like a lot of things to focus on. So I don't think all of them are gonna be 10 out of 10. Um, but I really liked the storyline of oh, I'm so bad with names. The girl that left and went to Stanford and then came back. Nina. Um, Nina, yeah. That was one that like really not hit. Not to hard be confused to with Nini. Of High School Musical, the musical series, who has the exact same storyline. <laughs> it's true. You make a great point. Um, that was the one that really hit me, um, like, a little bit harder. Of like, I can totally identify with, like, wanting to go off and do this thing and have this idea. And then, like, feeling like coming home is, like, a failure. Because that's kind of how I feel and felt about, like, my hometown and, like, that whole leaving process. So I like seeing her story kind of play out. Barrett Courtney. Uh, I tweeted this out uh, after we had watched it. I, I, I think I like this more than I like Hamilton. And I want to be clear on that. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I think it's better than Hamilton. I think for me personally, I think it just hits uh, more for, for me. Uh, like, I love the, the themes and the story that uh, Hamilton uh, lays out. Um, but the kind of sense of community home family uh throughout this entire uh throughout this entire story just uh really it hit <clears throat> me in uh several ways that i was not expecting and i think I, I kind of agree with you joey with like there there's a lot going on at at uh at all times but i think that even hits home more of like this feels like a slice of life for your home neighborhood and like what what that 
what an average week would feel like uh, in the in the chaos and, and stuff like that. And granted, I didn't live, I didn't grow up in a place uh, as big as New York City, but like uh, you know, my hometown Lakewood did feel like kind of like one of those uh, like it, it is very much like an offshoot of Cleveland and has that like kind of uh, city, but not quite like downtown kind of kind of vibes. And so it, it brought a lot of feelings uh, back to growing up there. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I love the music. I love the good vibes throughout the entire thing. I think it was incredibly cast. Uh, yeah. With like Anthony Ramos, uh, Corey Hawkins, who's uh, from straight out of Compton. Um, and also Kong Skull Island, okay. which means that two of these people are in the Godzilla <laughs> Kong cinematic universe. All I'm saying. The the woman who played uh, Abuela, um, who oh, yeah. I, I think she was the original uh, actress. Uh, for the uh, um, Broadway production, which is a uh, really cool Jimmy Schmitz, because you know, so good. Jimmy Schmitz, Jim, dude. The whole movie, I was like, I know this man, I've seen him somewhere, <laughs> and I kept trying to place him. And it was Dexter. Yeah. Dexter is where I, where I saw he's Jimmy. The, he's like, the one that Dexter yeah. teaches to be a serial killer, and then he gets yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's also one, he's two, also right? Leia Organa's adopted father. Blessing. Of course. Okay. All right. Put Bale some, Organa. Right. Put some respect on Bail Organa. Um, yeah, the entire cast, like, just so great. And uh, I, I love that they got Lynn What's her name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh, uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, yeah, she was great. Everybody was, like, even act, uh, actors and actresses I wasn't familiar with. Like, I, I, I fell in love with everybody. And I think the, the performances, like, really sold me in getting invested in this entire community, um, this entire family, uh, in this little slice of life of theirs. Uh, shout out to, to the actor who plays Sonny, because I, I fucking love Sonny. He was great. <laughs> um, but also shout out to, I, I, I don't know where Alyssa got this story. I think it might have been from an interview, but Lynn manuel almost wasn't going to be a part of this movie a little fun fact for you tim like they bullshit were... i don't believe it for a goddamn <laughs> second <laughs> well the, the thing was is that they they wanted him to play the uh the um the shave yeah. ice or uh Riaqua? yeah and he kept saying no and then they're like trying to find like a different actor and they're like all right we can't find anybody we're just gonna cut his song and then that's how Lynn Manuel was like, "All right, if you're gonna cut, like, I'll do it. If you're gonna cut its song, if I you wanna... don't believe that I for don't a either. second. I don't know where she. That on, is hold such on. a story to tell Lynn. on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I don't know. It's still a cute story. And shout out to the, the, the them bringing in. Um, oh shit, uh, Christopher uh, or Chris um, Walken. No, uh, <laughs> uh, whoever plays George Washington in uh, in Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Like a shout out to them bringing oh, yeah. him in. Uh, and the ringtone. Yeah. Oh, it <laughs> was so tone. good. There's so yeah. many like little details like the that. waiting room music. Uh, so, so yeah. fun. Yeah, I am coming in this a lot less hot than you guys are. Wow. I really, really quick. Chris really, Jackson, really... I believe, is, is his name. I, I'll, I'll correct mm. myself if I'm, I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Sorry. Keep going. I think that in the Heights, uh, specifically, the movie form of it is a perfect example of the sign of times changing and how much this would have been impactful back when the Broadway musical came out in 2005. But in 2021, after we've seen Lin-Manuel Miranda do things like the soundtrack to Moana, do things like Hamilton and go forward from there, on top of that, seeing a lot of stories very similar to this and told in different ways, whether it's on streaming services. And I think the advent of streaming services really kind of is the... The, the biggest kind of thing that brings this down for me because we've seen a lot of these neighborhood stories. We've seen a lot of the like different type of perspectives. So this to me reminds me a lot of how excited I was in 
2007 watching youtube videos that were fan films of like it's street fighter in real life or it's like this video game and we're seeing it in real life for the first time and oh people actually care and they're telling stories i care about as opposed to the big hollywood movies and i see that here where it's like there was a point where this was a novelty there was a point where telling a story about this district in new york is something fresh and different it doesn't feel fresh and different anymore. And so I feel like I'm a little more critical of the, the the story that it's trying to tell, what it's trying to say, and the spectacle that it has. And I think there are highs in this movie for sure. And I think that, to be very clear, setting this off, I'm not saying this is bad. I do think it is a good movie. I just don't think that it is a masterpiece. And I, I have seen a lot of uh, people like really, really high on it. And like I just am kind of missing that because I think that the everything Blessing mentioned, the big scene in the, the, the 96 with the uh, giant set piece choreography in the pools and with using that as as like choreography both to to mask the um the the reality to blend the reality and phantasmic like elements of it but then also Mm -hmm. kind of being a medley between all of our main characters and getting different types of styles of songs and references to other things which is what i love the most from lin-manuel um, especially getting the like the younger little cousin or whatever he is nephew, yeah. uh, getting his bit like that was fantastic, that was so and good. I really really enjoyed that. Went off, so he's fucking. I got great. chills then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got chills. Like there was a lot of really cool moments there, and then the the big scene of them walking on the side of the building it was like, oh my god, this is so fantastic. The rest of the movie didn't really have those moments, and I think that I if they did this would have hit a lot higher for me. But I feel like more often than not, instead of being taken out of it in a good way, where I was like. Oh, this is crazy and can only be done in a movie form as opposed to stage. It was more often like, oh wow, now this character's getting her own song. That's a I guess I guess we're getting story here now. And the whole thing kind of came off a little shallow to me. Um, and a lot of it might just be preference, but my favorite type of musical is when you can listen to the soundtrack and it's a bunch a collection of songs that tell a story. I don't necessarily like it as much when it's just we're gonna tell a story through music. But we're just kind of adding a melody to the things that we're saying. That's not yeah making it's a just song. Kind of like a big part of Lin Manuel. I feel like yeah, though. like like what you're describing like kind of is like style. a good chunk of Hamilton as well. <laughs> Which is a criticism I have of Hamilton, and it's not a criticism I have of Moana. Yeah, I feel I, Moana me, I has think, like five songs. That's like uh, the, that's the I, only uh, thing I'll say there. For me, the, the story was probably the thing I enjoyed the least out of all the elements uh, of In the Heights. Like, I think it was a good story. Like, it for me, it really did just mirror Brent. Like, it's a bunch of what feel like separate stories interlinked together. And the, the thing that's interlinking them is the fact that they're in this neighborhood of Washington Heights. And that's kind of like that, that's kind of the whole thing. And so, like, it's kind of hard to create a create a narrative that I feel like I can follow all the way through. There were multiple times toward the end of it where I was like, all right, this is about to end. All right. Are we getting there? All right, they end here. There's still like a few dangling threads of things that they got to wrap up, and I, I like I felt that more and more as as the movie uh, kept going toward toward the uh, later on in it. But I think the thing that it did nail was giving us a cool cast of characters that feel like they, for the most part, shine on their own very well and give us different glimpses of the neighborhood. Like it, the movie feels like it tries to make the, the neighborhood its own character, and I think for the most part, it succeeded very well. Um, but yeah, the story was the thing that for me let me down the most. But like. 
and let me down is in like not even let me down uh but i enjoyed the i enjoyed the least out of everything else because when i look at the cinematography for example like yeah i do think about ninety six thousand and them dancing in the pool i think of uh the Usnavi, opening like, the, the opening uh number yeah. as well like holy shit the opening okay. number oh yeah i think of usnavi looking out the window and then also us uh, seeing the reflection of the choreography of the dancing the- oh it's so good it's <laughs> shit so like good. that where i was like all right these guys are doing the great like they're doing an amazing fusion dance right now between john and june and Mel miranda and they're having a great like a great product here <laughs> great a great fusion um, baby here <laughs> a great fusion baby here right um uh carnival del barrio as well has like one banger song but then two has some great shots of uh them doing the choreography representing the different flags and then as the camera is turning you're seeing the different crews represent in their different ways like stuff like that is why i is why i think this movie movie shines um i don't know if i loved it as much as i love hamilton but uh i do think it's super quality I, I, for me it it, it, it it worked well enough uh, all the parts come coming together I do think to me it's a flip of Hamilton where I love the first act of Hamilton and the second I'm kind of a little bit more take it or leave it. It has highlights, but overall I think it, it kind of like missed the the mark. But with this, I think that it's not so much a first half or a second, but I do think that this only gets better as you watch it. And I think in every way, I think the music gets better. I think the characters get deeper and I think the story starts to add up in a way that like feels like it at least is nailing what it is trying to say where as it's kind of going i was questioning i was like all right like where like what not where is this going but like what are you going to say deeper than the just statement of what it is and i think it, it it comes to that point i think the whole the the little dream thing as like kind of the core throughout this entire movie for every single character that is what works and that is the heart of the entire movie and why it is uh i would definitely i would give it the recommendation that i do think people should watch this movie because i think that there's there is a lot of heart in it and i think that there is a lot of care i just think that overall it is kind of uh it's it's dated for where we are and i just kind of expect more from this type of uh of piece and i do think me and joey were talking about this uh right before we went live recording but like i do think that as much as I want John M. Chu to be my dude, he's just not. The Step Up movies, I like a lot. Oh, dude, Step Up to the Streets, yeah. greatest movie of all time. Is that the dude. one with the rain scene? It is the one with it the is. rain scene. Bounce by Timbaland at the end. Yeah. It has Moose in it. has the Jabberwockies for half a second. It's great. That's all Moose. you need. That's all you need. Tim's dog? Yeah, dude, he's a killer <laughs> dancer. Yeah, dude, he's been walking. No, but like, he's got a whole crew. But that type of stuff, I, I really appreciate. But uh, Crazy Rich Asians, I also wasn't that high on. And, and But I do think that Crazy Rich Asians uh, did the opposite of what I'm saying here, which is they did go deeper than I kind of expected. It was in a different way. But I, I, I enjoyed elements of that from a plot perspective more than I enjoyed the plot of this. But I enjoyed the characters of this infinitely more than I enjoyed the characters of Crazy Rich Asians. But either way, I just don't really like his directing style. But... I'm damn. in the minority here at this damn. panel. Mm. That's super interesting. I respect it, but damn. <laughs> uh, I don't respect it. Tim, damn. have you ever watched like any Baz Luhrmann movies, like Moulin Rouge, any of those? Baz Luhrmann to me is fucking God tier. But even okay. then, God tier still has some some major misses. Totally. I was just yeah. wondering because I feel like out of anybody, any other director, I feel like Baz Luhrmann is probably the closest. Yeah, to John I love style. Moulin Rouge. Really, okay. really, really love it. But I feel like that's the thing is like there is a a level of cinematography and scale that Baz Luhrmann, like just using Moulin Rouge, every song is a set piece. Whereas with this, there are songs and then there are set piece songs. And I think that yeah. is kind of like something that I. Well, and I I'm, think it's different when it's an adaptation versus 
like as far as I know, Moulin Rouge isn't wasn't in it. Like it's Moulin Rouge got turned into a Broadway musical after the prop, yeah, versus the other way around. Yeah, you bring something up very interesting though, Joey, about like I wonder what this would look like on the stage. Like I think that there is a lot of possibility that I think some of the the art and depth that I'm looking for might come across a lot more in that format because the creativity of creating the district of Washington Heights on stage might be a little more cool to me than, than watching the movie where it just kind of feels a little bent. They've done that. And, and yeah. I'm saying that they've done that just because we've had a lot of really banger stories about different perspectives the last 20 years, um. 10 years at least. This show is brought to you by Tharity Brand. Can it be? It's finally summer. And we're actually going to have a real summer this year. So naturally, we started thinking about looking good after a year and some change. Because we're going places. This summer is what Kind of Funny is calling Hot Boy Summer. You saw my jean jacket. You see the haircut. We're doing it big this summer. And that's where Faraday comes in. to make the perfect clothes for summer. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. You know when you're searching for that ideal summer outfit, that set, that shirt, that dress that feels like you've had them for years. Maybe it's in a gorgeous print and it fits so perfectly that it feels almost too good to be vintage, but still looks like it might be. Well, that's Faraday. Tim Geddes is the most stylish person I know and even he loves Faraday brand clothing. And they're so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They will replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And to top it all off, Faraday is giving all our listeners 20% off. That's 20% off. So stock up on all your clothes for the summer now. Head to FaradayBrand.com and use code MORNING at checkout to snag 20% off all your summer gear. That's code MORNING at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, brand.com for 20% off. We're also brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. It's time to join the resistance because Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade for PlayStation 5 is here. The shadowy Shinra Corporation is draining the planet's life force for their own gain, but all is not lost. The mercenary Cloud Strive teams up with Tifa, Barret, and Aerith to take Shinra down. Whether they succeed depends on you. We are so excited for Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. This definitive edition of the award-winning Final Fantasy VII Remake has expanded graphical, gameplay, and system enhancements, and it brings Final Fantasy's visuals to a new level. It's got more realistic backgrounds, it's got better lighting, it's all around beautiful to look at. Intergrade also gives you the ability to switch between graphics mode if you want 4K and performance mode if you prefer super smooth action with 60 frames per second. On top of it, Integrate even comes with episode Intermission, a brand spanking new episode featuring Wu Tai Ninja Yuffie as the main character. Plays Yuffie as she conspires with Avalanche HQ to steal the ultimate materia from the Shinra Electric Power Company. Plays new characters and enjoy an expanded gameplay experience featuring multiple new combat editions. And if you've already bought Final Fantasy VII Remake for PS4, you can download a free enhancement for the PS5 console. Episode Intermission is available as a separate purchase after you upgrade. Buy Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrated for PlayStation 5 today. Go to squex.link slash remake KFMS. That is S-Q-E-X dot link backslash remake KFMS. I'm and like obviously it's also hard to compare these because they cut what probably half the songs i imagine from the original yeah there, there, there's a few this. uh that Alyssa was selling maybe not about. half but yeah, like there was there was a couple quite a few was... so like that could also be a result of like feeling like maybe this isn't as flushed out as well as it could yeah. have been and to be fair too like for the critique of john and chu uh, john and chu i've never really been a fan of because of the because of his plot 
Like that's probably the one thing that I never take away from uh, John M. Chu movies. I've not seen Crazy Rich Asians. I've like been putting that one off. So maybe Ooh. that one has a way better spot than most of the stuff. I'm gonna watch it soon because now, like after I watching this, Crazy I'm like, Asian. I gotta go back and 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 uh, fill in all the gaps that I have in his discography. Um, but like I, I I think he's good at shooting. I think he's good at shooting set pieces. Like that's the thing where I think he that's the place where I think he does shine the most. Uh, especially when he gets into choreography and the dancing elements of this stuff. Like he knows how to shoot uh dances. But with that, I like I do want to ask you guys. Like, did you guys have any standout songs or favorite songs? And also, like, is this your first time uh, within the Heights? Because it's my first time within the Heights watching this movie. Yep, I didn't listen to the soundtrack at all going into this. I I was very Same. tempted and I wanted to, but I was like, I want to save it. I want to go into this blind. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Maybe if I was a little more familiar, I would have uh, vibed with it more and like known the things I should have been looking at uh, in this. But definitely for me, ninety six thousand was my major standout because i think that that worked on every level of what this film was trying to accomplish which is showcasing these awesome characters the cast is fantastic uh, like oh, across yeah. the board everyone's great and that song really kind of gave everyone their their moment to shine um and on top of that that was where john m Chu really was able to flex his set piece moments and i agree with you bless he's fantastic at set pieces which is why when things aren't giant set pieces i'm kind of like oh but i want to see what it could have been you know yeah. um but the the one thing the critique i even have about that song that i could apply to pretty much everything unless it was a solo was vanessa anytime she sang it really felt like she was singing a different song than yes. they were. You're one. You're one thousand percent correct. There is Which a. There's a. <laughs> there's cool. a TikTok trend. There's a TikTok trend that has a sound where it's like their buddies rapping and like they get. They're like, oh, okay, what you got? And the dude starts singing like a super emo song. That's what it felt like with Vanessa, where they're having fun, they're having a blast. Then it's Vanessa turn. Vanessa's turn, and she starts singing a ballad, Dude's and it's like, what? blessing, <laughs> oh, yeah. blessing, and it's like you were just dropping some hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like who hurt you? Why are you doing this right now? <laughs> for for me, I'm just like kind of looking more into the the song there, uh, of like the songwriting in that aspect of what they were probably going for there is that Vanessa was the most ready and most open about like kind of or more most honest with herself of like wanting to leave, and so that's why I feel like they were trying to have her stand out more musically uh, because she didn't feel like she wanted to be a part of the neighborhood. Less anymore. of like an internal struggle. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think that that's what they were trying to go for in the, the music side of it to have that kind of uh, that representation in the, in the music of how yeah. she is. She doesn't want to be a part of this neighborhood, so she does stand out a little more with how she uh, interacts with people and, and stuff like that. So that's yeah. that's what I, I took like away from it. But that, I, that's I know, you're me. you're right. You're you're totally yeah. right, Barrett. That's what it was. I get the why. I mm. just didn't. Vibe I couldn't with it. help but laugh like every I, time. I, it I think sonically. I think the idea was there. I just think sonically the writing didn't transition well enough to when we're having fun doing like the rapping and all that stuff. And then we get into Vanessa and is it it slows down out of nowhere. And it's like this doesn't I know what you mean by sonically, well. but I can't just help but think of just like Sonic. For some reason, <laughs> you're talking about Hedgehog. Sonic and the Hedgehog. You're just like running fast everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. This is my first time within the Heights as well. Uh, Alyssa has been obsessed with everything. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, based for, for years. And I've seen somehow have been able to avoid this uh, with the amount of time she's listened to the soundtrack, uh, been able to look at bits and pieces of the uh, the production and stuff. And so, yeah, I just knew I was excited for it uh, since, like, that first trailer came out in theaters when they were showing off. Like, I was getting chills watching that, uh, that trailer in theaters. Um, and so I, I knew I was going to be excited for this one. Um, and so, yeah, with this... 
being my first time watching it. Like, I, I do wonder, Tim, like, I already, I'm already high on this movie, but I do wonder if, like, even seeing the stage production would, would hit even more uh, just with, like, the, the more deeper sense of what the original uh, project was, you know? Uh, standout songs for me, I, I really love that opening song. I think it's, like, a, I think it's, like, a good, like, kind of tone setter i just i think like anthony ramos also gets to shine the the most in that opening piece as well um 96,000, obviously the the like the really fun hype song uh for for the first half of the of the movie and then uh abuela's goodbye song at the end uh or near so the end good. uh got got me in my feelings uh was like i was expecting it to happen but also not ready for it to happen um, and just how that all, that whole sequence, uh, was, was really beautiful. Um, and kind of her whole backstory and, uh, talking about how she had kind of, she had succeeded in the, in the life that she was, uh, in, in the home that she had made, um, in Washington Heights and, and all that stuff. And that, that hit really hard. So, uh, I, I would say those were probably the, the top three standouts for, for me personally. Um, yeah. And like, I had listened to the soundtrack like a few times over like what the last, 15 years or so for long it's been out <laughs> like i it was just kind of like on my like rotating shuffle of like broadway um playlists and stuff like that uh i really liked the song when they're in the salon oh yeah I yeah i thought that was like a fun one it's like trying to figure i was like i don't remember what it's called um i really liked the uh that's the one the, like, where they're general. like doing like all the gossip stuff right yeah yeah that was a, that was a fun one um then i liked the uh abuela song at the end and then the carnival song i thought was really fun too um, also the one when they're in the club is i think it's, i don't necessarily care about that song that much but i just thought it was like a fun visual scene. the dance number i thought was really good yeah yeah, yeah. that portion yeah for me the songs the songs for me were ninety six thousand and uh carnival del barrio um but yeah i want to give a shout out to you um uh anthony ramos who i think absolutely killed it um as a performer like Hamilton, one of my few critiques of Hamilton would have also been that, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda when he performs. You know, I love his writing. I love, I, I, I think he's talented, but I would prefer for somebody else to to play his roles whenever he's in his <laughs> roles. Um, and, you know, I've always been of the mind that, like, my favorite part of Hamilton uh, are the parts where they're not rapping. It is the parts where they're singing, because I think the songs are be are better written and delivered than the actual rap portions watching the heights kind of convinced me that i don't necessarily have a problem with the rapping it's more so the delivery and i think Anthony ramos in his parts did have good delivery in his raps and did do, do a good job with that um and so yeah that he he absolutely killed it shout out to him yeah it's funny too i mean you bring that up i mean i know i'm i'm looking into this stuff from a very tim lens but like i think that the rap references and stuff uh in hamilton were a lot better than this and i think it's because this was still him not being fully confident that he can go all the way you know mm. like I, th this was him kind of like put like he was this testing was the waters it was testing yeah. the waters and, yeah. and i think that like that is the thing is i'm not necessarily negative on this it's just this, seeing this after Hamilton and it coming now and it being adapted from what it was and they, they updated it and modernized it in, in a couple ways. There was a couple references to things that and they also uh, they took some things out of the original uh, stuff that uh, probably should have been taken out as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, Interesting. For modern times. Gotcha. But I yeah, that is something for me where I was like, I, I just. I, I really wish this was a brand new Lin-Manuel Miranda 2021 work where we're going into a brand new musical that is this same story that, uh, later, later this year, Tim. now later this year, Tim. 
With what? Well, he's directing. I, I don't know if he's necessarily writing the music, but he's uh, directing something for Netflix that I think is about the person who wrote Rent, and it's starring um, mm. uh, British Spider-Man, uh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, <laughs> it's starring him. Spider-Man. I said the trailer looked pretty cool, so uh, later this year. Yeah, Tim, Tim I, feel, I feel what you're talking about in terms of the, the writing. Because I will say, I think the rap writing is probably better in, in Hamilton uh, than in, in The Heights. I do think that, to our point earlier about uh, Vanessa, I felt like the rap was used more so as like a, I hope I'm using this word right, like a motif or a late motif. You know, like when you use certain elements of music to de- define certain characters, I th- mm. the it was Anthony Ramos, it was Navi who was rapping most of the time. Every now and then they would pass to other characters, but rapping was really his thing. The ballad stuff was really Vanessa's thing, and I felt like they did a good job of, of handing certain elements of music off to certain characters to really own that. Again, I don't think that worked a hundred percent of the time because it did kind of lose cohesion a bit, um, especially when you try to transition from one point to the next point. But I, that uh, I did like the way they used the rap uh, in this musical because it was a little bit more scaled back compared to Hamilton in that way, and felt like it was it was being used artistically in a specific way. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about, especially Tim, like this coming out before Hamilton, because this movie has been in production for like over ten years and has gone through like a bunch of different iterations in the sense of like <clears throat> um before john and she was attached to it was kenny ortega who had done like dirty dancing and like high school musical and like kind of has like a, a like a very musical vibe and like he's a choreographer and stuff like that too so like just just would have been interesting to see how all of these like different versions maybe would have changed and especially with like with the time and stuff like that because i do agree that i think it's really hard to like go back and see somebody's like first big thing after like they've refined kind of their process and had like a more polished product come out yeah um and Mm. i'm with bless where like i think that this the part of the strength of this movie is that uh lin-manuel miranda is not really in it to say this in game terms like this is kind of like demon souls where it's like cool P- some people like demon souls before but now a lot of people do because it was re- remade on ps5 and it was a whole new audience that are seeing it for the first time but like i'm not seeing too many people say demon souls is better than bloodborne you know, it's mm. like there's just we've seen what can yeah. come from the iterations after that. Like, that's where I'm at with it, where it's like we we have seen the progression of all this. That doesn't make this thing not dope. But I do think there's a little a, an extra level of scrutiny in comparison uh, with things. And especially in a world now where this is a theater product. It is also on HBO Max because uh, it's a Warner Brothers project. But we've gotten a lot of musicals. We've gotten a lot of different. Uh, types of stories on things like Netflix and I will say I think this is a big step up from like uh, prom that came out on Netflix last year which I enjoyed quite a bit because it was fun it, but it, it was nothing to like write home about but yeah it was it no. was a fun like hour and a half or two hours how long however long that mm-hmm. was and then it was like all right cool I'm gonna forget yeah. about it like I forgot that I made it 15 minutes in and I turned it off I didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> but this this has a moments of very high production value that i think make it a a very worthy watch especially because it's on hbo max if you're in america i really hope this leads to a hamilton uh me too movie I mean, adaptation I, I feel like because that would be ha- so high production on that it would be so high budget it would be it would have to be high concept in some ways like i want to see what that looks like and i hope uh they absolutely nail it because i like i enjoyed this enough to go man like hamilton would be insane <laughs> just as a movie yeah any yeah. closing you, thoughts? 
Yeah. The only thing that I like kind of disagree with Tim about is that I don't like I understand that we've gotten more of these stories over the year, but I still think that this is like kind of the first time we've had like this big triple A blockbuster like Latin X cast uh kind of in front of us. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that is something that's worth noting. Um like even me who's like a pretty whitewashed <laughs> Mexican and obviously like I'm not from the DR and I don't have any history with Washington Heights. So like I'm a couple layers removed. It's like, it was really cool to see that. And like, even just like the little touches like of the store and like recognizing stuff, like that stuff is always like really cool to see. And like, I feel like between this, between seeing uh, or knowing that the blind spotting series is coming out tomorrow as of recording this and like <clears throat> getting to see like all of these snippets of like, different neighborhoods and different, I don't know, different things that I can, uh, and crazy rich Asians too, obviously that like I can relate with on kind of micro levels. Like I, I think that stuff's cool. And I hope that we get more stories and more bigger kind of, cause I feel like it's easy to give like little series and stuff like that. Like, I feel like there's, how do I say this? That doesn't sound bad. Um, I feel like there's less, less like it's easier to give these smaller options for stories that are of like mm. cultural impact like a netflix series and stuff like that but mm -hmm. to see big studios and big directors um put their backing behind it like a triple a blockbuster summer thing i yeah. think is important absolutely. no it absolutely is and you know obviously i'm a fucking white yeah. guy and everyone knows this i don't need to like say any of this to you know stand Dude, by what? my statements on this, but, like, <laughs> no, this. And, and and with that absolutely go watch this movie go watch this yeah. movie in theaters if you can support this type of thing happening totally because again it is a good movie like i'm just saying i don't think it's perfect and I, there's a couple things yeah. i think they could have done to higher the quality of it but yeah the fact mm -hmm. that it is telling the stories even if i think we've seen these stories a lot in the the last 10 years a lot is still not enough we, we have not yeah. seen that many and it's just like it's a normalized thing where we've seen so many white people stories for so long that it's like we've seen it all so i just want to see us move out of this kind of similar type of storytelling that does seem to kind of fall back to the oh god i need to be very careful with how i say things here but like it, it, it's starting like the to gentrification storylines exactly and it's an yeah. important story to tell but it's kind of like it starts feeling i don't want them to dumb it down i, I guess that's my thing is like i want to see i don't mm -hmm. want to hear abuela that's my grandma just say abuela own it you know what i mean yeah. own the talk and and i mm -hmm. feel like it kind of lessens it when you are trying to like translate it for the white people where it's like let's just move past this tell the story of your people because it starts to feel a little bit inauthentic when that's not how you actually talk you're not doing that. You're not doing that translating, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's, I feel like this conversation has come up at least in my circles of like, um, especially with like LGBT representation in movies and TV of like, not every story has to be a coming out story. You can just have characters yes. in your mm -hmm. movies and that are LGBT and that's part of their character, but it doesn't, it, it, they don't have to be these like tragic i don't think is necessarily the right word but like it can just be part of you and there's uh there's a, definitely a place and a reason to sh show like coming out stories but i also think that the, like you can celebrate lgbt and like insert kind of whatever label yeah. you want there too of like stories of joy and like it doesn't always have to be yeah. a conflict. It, it's and like the same like, commentary like of like the uh, day of the dead where it's like day of the dead kind of became like the one thing uh from latin culture that would be in like major motion 
pictures and it's like all right there's more from this culture that people can tell stories of and yeah, it's yeah and even and that. even though this this is a story about uh gentrification i do like how much joy and celebra- celebration there yeah. there is in the movie because like you know like the center of the story is gentrification like that's the thing that's that's linking everybody together and that's the thing that everybody has to kind of deal with at the same time i wasn't really paying attention to it as much as i was paying attention to Uznavi wanting to move to 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 dr or um uh the struggle that always i keep forgetting her name the girl that's come back into town the struggle that she's uh, having i said yeah the struggle that she's having uh (laughs) with school which i guess does kind of link back to a thing that happened to her at school that does have to do with her race but you know like there with with within a story within this story that is about people dealing with these things there is so much of a of a hey this is about community this is about us this is about us waving our flags and having fun and and, and having joy and even within all the darkness that's in here there's the the movie is just characterized almost entirely by light when you look at it visually when you look at the characters faces when you look at what's going on uh and that's the thing i, I do like about it except for the yeah. part where actually i don't know if we're doing spoilers and so I don't want to spoil the thing. Um, but there is one tropey thing that happened where I was like, man, do you have to do this again? I mean, from this I mean, point on, like full on spoilers, right. go for it, Bless. Why, why did Abuela have to die, man? Why did Abuela have to die? I, I'm <laughs> tired of seeing Abuela's to. dying. Yeah. Abuela's <laughs> dying everything. Stop killing Abuela's. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, that's the thing. I, I feel like we're having a really good conversation here because like this, this, and again, there's the the context that this story was written in 2000, well, written before 2005. Yeah. Debuted yeah. in 2005. So it's like, I, I'm just connecting to this thing that, like, at that time, this that was important to tell these stories and for the abuela to die and for all that. And so I and think even that it like is impressive still important. for 2005 to talk about gentrification and stuff like that. And, oh my god, that is yeah, yeah. and and like totally because of, of how curve. much that has been creeping up throughout the entire country in like the last 15 years. Like that is and a I think big thing. Us living about. in San Francisco has something to do with like our exposure to it as well. Yeah, and the very Absolutely. like the very uh, the big reality that a, a lot of communities have faced with that over the last like 12 years especially in the bay area yeah yeah totally and so it's like i i want it very clear i think it is so important to tell these stories i am just looking forward to a, a world where we can move a little bit past this and add a little bit more depth and have something new to say because i love what Blessing just said about how much this movie's about light and it really is all of these characters like the things that they're dealing with every single character is all dealing with trying to better their lives right it's like i love mm. that like i love that it's None of them are in a place, no matter how quote-unquote shitty of a situation they're in, it's not like they're trying to get out of some hellhole. They're all happy from where they're coming from. In fact, most of them are debating, is the thing they're going to better than where they left? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that is such a such an important thing. And on t- terms of all the, like, loving where you're from stuff, of course I connect with that. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm also, I just, I love in, talking about even crazy rich Asians. It's like, I'm not down on it. I I am down on it. So many people I know fucking love it and connect with it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, they did it. They did what they needed to do. That is blazing the path for more movies in the future to be able to to go deeper. I think that's fantastic stuff. Yeah, the the loving where you come from stuff like really hit, uh, especially because of like how they get you throughout the entire movie. I just love this where um, you see Usnavi like at the beach and stuff, telling the story the entire time and how they get you at the end where. Um, 
it's because like he sees this as his beach, as his paradise, uh, like this home that he's made with his family and stuff. Like that stuff like really hit hard. So I just wanted to shout that out. It was it was it was definitely cheesy and a little on the nose, but I still fucking loved it because a lot mm. of this movie yeah. was just feel good vibes, and I just I I couldn't help but cry a little and have a big smile on my face. It, it was cheesy, but Barrett, I couldn't agree with you more. It worked it, to me. That is the thing that brought this all together, and it all being the little dream and every character having a little dream, and that being the thing. It was like. All right, we all saw it coming, but motherfuckers, you did it. You did it. Good for you. <laughs> Good right. stuff. Love this. Thank you guys for joining us. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Till next time. Love you guys.